Well, I'm honored to have as my guest, uh, Chris DeWelt. Chris, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Yes, Kyler, I'm happy to be here and grateful for an opportunity to share a little bit of my heart and hope I can be of encouragement to the brothers and sisters out there. Well, Chris, I, um, I am confident that you will. Um, I first met uh, you, Chris, um, at Ozark, and I, uh, as kind of a broke college student who is in need of a lot of coffee with staying up late writing papers, um, as soon as I'd walk into the missions building, I could smell and hear your um, coffee pot brewing, and uh, you always had free coffee, and so I always um, slipped into, uh, into your uh, office and, and got a cup of coffee and ended up... Um, having a good conversation, um, with you and, um, I mean, talking about all kinds of stuff and, um, and I got to take uh, world, um, uh, world missions with you. And that was just a fantastic, uh, fantastic class. Um, me and me and Stephanie both, um, got to take that together. So, um, well, Chris, um, I know you, um, I, I think fairly well, um, but um, some of the people who will be watching this may not. And so I guess before we begin and just kind of talk about prayer, um, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself, you know, um, how you got into missions, why you got into missions, and maybe a little bit about um, what you do these days, your your role. Okay. Yeah, Skylar, I'd be happy to. Um... My wife, Carol, and I both went to Ozark Christian College. It's where we met. And uh, from there, um, right after graduation, uh, we went down to uh, South America, the country of Chile. We lived in the capital city of Santiago for um, quite a few years and worked in, in uh, doing church planting there and the, so among the urban poor mostly, but uh, also throughout the country. We speak Spanish. Um, we lived there about a total of about eight years' time, and then we came back to America and uh, worked with my father, Don DeWelt, whom some of your folks may know, I don't know, but uh, who preached and taught all throughout the Midwest for many years and uh, was also a professor at Ozark. And then um, we worked at College Press Publishing Company uh, for quite a few years um, for uh, a season while I was also involved in doing short-term missions with Christ and Youth and uh, doing a little bit of traveling that way. And then about 20 some years ago, Ozark asked me to come and head up the missions department. And so I've been doing that ever since and I love working with the students, love seeing what God's doing in their hearts and getting to travel around the world really uh, crazy. Uh, the Lord's been made it possible for me to go to almost a hundred countries, which I wow. can't hardly believe it when I add them up. But, uh, but uh we're just thankful that we can serve in any way. We love what seeing what God is doing around the world. And uh, so today I'm, uh, I've also returned to working with College Press um, in the last couple of years and uh, excited about what God's doing with them as well. So that's a little bit about us. I'm an elder in our church at College Heights Christian Church here in Joplin. And uh, uh, we meet uh, by Zoom, just like we're doing now, the elders do uh, once a week, and then we have an online service uh, a couple of times a week. So um, it's an interesting season we're in, but I'm grateful to the Lord. Cool. Well, Chris, thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, for those of you who may not be aware, College Press Publishing is, you know, the Christian Church Restoration Movement um, publishing house. And so um, a lot of uh, um, a lot of our Christian church people um, have a, have published through um, 
through this um, uh, publishing company. And so, and Money the Books, we're very, very grateful. The commentary series, all of that. Um, well, Chris, I, uh, I didn't realize, I was curious how long you have been teaching at Ozark. And you said 20 years, is that right? Yeah, this is actually the 21st year right now. Um, I am planning to move into a different phase with Ozark here in the next year. I'll be teaching another year and I lead the missions department. But um, um, yeah, we're excited about that. I'm going to be involved in some, hopefully some grad class teaching coming up in a couple of years and next year or two and uh, doing some different things. But uh, there's plenty going on, lots to do. Happy to contribute any way I can. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited that the Ozark is going to have a grad, had some grad programs. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're yeah. Well, Chris, um, uh, you mentioned how, you know, you do elders meetings uh, via Zoom now, and we're having a conversation Zoom. Uh, mm-hmm. Things have changed quite a bit um, over the last number of weeks with the uh, pandemic. Uh, and so I just kind of wanted to begin, you know, as we were talking about before, um, before this, um, we've been talking about the Lord's prayer. Uh, and I'm just curious, um, is prayer important in this season during this pandemic? And what do we lose if as Christians and as a church, we do not pray in this time? Oh yeah. It's kind of a great question. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, prayer is vital all the time. And especially when you're going through times when it's a little hard to see what's going on, what's there's a lot of ambiguity about the future, about how where all this is going to go. Um, I trusting in the Lord and knowing that He holds all this in His hands. But um, I would say one of the most critical areas for believers, in particular, is um, has to do with in a form of spiritual conflict, really, where mm-hmm. the enemy always comes after us in the level of fear. He uh, he is very adept at getting us to be afraid. And then when we, when we become fearful, much like people in scripture, uh, we make poor decisions and uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I mean, I think that's more than just like, Hey, I hope God gives me the answer to what I want. It's much more of a walking the path with him. And the critical way we walk that path is in prayer is in, the conversational uh, thought flow that uh, exists between us and and uh, our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit and uh, mediated by our Savior Jesus. I mean, there's just so much in prayer that's so important. Um, I mean, I'm sitting in my little office up in my, kind of in my attic uh, here at home, and right behind me there's a rug on the floor, and I mean, I just really try to get on that rug every morning, you know, to start out my day like a reset, like I need to do this right up in the front part of my day. It's just how I do it. If you do it in the middle of the day or the end of the day, that's fine. As long as there's a point a kind of like a personal discipline of, of some kind that is a reset is like coming back to, okay, this is where we are. And it's interesting you mentioned the Lord's Prayer, Skylar, because I found that, I mean, I grew up in a Christian church. It's not like I grew up in a high church or, you know, where there's a lot of ritual or anything like that at all. But um, I found that the Lord's Prayer itself 
is enormously helpful, you know, to me to just reset when my mind is scattered or when, or when I feel fearful or when I, uh, whatever the start of the day or that particular day might contain, coming back to what Jesus said, his disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They watched him pray. They saw him pray. They, they knew he was a man of prayer and what he put into those words, uh, it's it's beyond timeless. I mean, it's just like incredibly helpful. So I think that reset moment, you know, of, okay, Lord, um, I am trusting you for my day and for, and for the days ahead. These things are in your hands. When I said what I did about the enemy utilizing fear, you know, it's like uh, every time, not every time, but seemingly every time the disciples, something was going on and the Lord's speaking, especially when he does something crazy, miraculous. First thing he says to them is fear not, you know, fear not, I am with you. Or why are you afraid? Or don't be afraid. Uh, because that's our natural human response to stuff we don't understand. The stuff that doesn't make sense is to be afraid. And so I just would really encourage you folks there in Litchfield to, you know, uh, lean into that and let uh, let the Lord be who he is. I know you know that, but there's something special about it when we come up against things we really don't know and we really may not have an answer for. It's okay. He knows. And uh, he He is in the middle of it. And so we do, we do lean on him. And the primary way we do that, the way we do that, I believe, is in prayer itself. Yeah, it's it's so much easier um, to have the habit of prayer and be in prayer and, you know, pray all the right things when life is well. But when you do enter those um, seasons where it's ambiguous, you don't know what exactly is going to happen. The future, it feels uncertain. You know, um, we do feel fearful and that's, you know, it's, it's like that's when, you know, things like not that the Lord's Prayer is not important for all seasons, but it's like that's the, that's the time where, you know, we better have those disciplines in place for those kind of furnace-like experience, you know, with um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, um, those things. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the whole thing of like circling back to the reset idea, you know, and the, using the Lord's Prayer in that way. Um, if we wait until we feel like praying, you know, this has been my journey of a few years now. If we wait until we feel like praying, we will pray far, far less than if we just simply do it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it is in many ways, it's like physical exercise. If you wait until you feel like going out and walking or running or jogging or whatever it might be, um, I'd say, I don't know, 70% of the time you won't do it. <laughs> Even if you like doing it, or even if you understand the benefit of it, it's in the doing it that the that the benefit comes, and it's in the doing it, frankly, that the joy comes. Um, so I just, you know, this is my own thing. I just learned that this is true. I pull, pull the word off of my shelf right behind me here every morning and spend a few minutes in the word or sometimes longer. Now that I have more time, I can if I want to, and then I get down and pray. And and another thing I've found too, that's been really helpful to me, Skylar, is that uh, I just use this very simple, you know, I, I'm too dumb to remember everything. And so I just use these simple techniques of 
you know, there's this thing called ACTS. You may be familiar with that. Mm-hmm. It's just an acronym, you know, that helps me remember what to pray for and to kind of go back to it so that I don't, you know, so that my prayer isn't all about me or whatever. But there's adoration. Uh, there's confession. Uh, there's thanksgiving. And then there's supplication, ACTS. And uh, a number of authors talk about that, Christian authors, but I, I work through that. Every time I, I get down into prayer, as I'm going into adoration, you know, where I'm praising the Lord for who he is, not because of what he's done for me, but just simply because of who he is in the first place. And then confession, that's, that's the one we don't like. It's like, I don't want, I don't want to, I feel like I've been bad. It's like, we think of, we think of ourselves as little kids, like, Oh, I got to go tell mom, I a cookie jar or whatever. And it's like, no, actually, (laughs) you know, probably 80% of our life is about confessing the fact that we missed it again or, or that we're not God, you know, I mean, seriously. And, uh, and so confession doesn't have to have that negative cast that so many people give it. In fact, it's just simply confessing what is true. Mm. And then uh, um, Thanksgiving is easy, you know, especially as we see his blessing all around us. Uh, usually that's where we go when we pray all the time anyway. We, we're thanking the Lord for everything, which is yeah. natural and good. And then supplication is specifically asking for other people and other things, especially people, though, and having the Lord bring things to mind, you know, like, um, who do I need to pray for here? And he, oh, my goodness, he's done that so many times with me. It's like, oh, I hadn't thought of them or I hadn't thought of that. And where did that happen? It happened when I was in my prayer time. Um, he brings things to mind. He, I think I really believe the Holy Spirit does that with us mm-hmm. if we just simply will ask him. So tell me, you know, I'm dumb. Yeah. I can't remember. Another thing I do is I keep a prayer list, you know, and so I even keep it on my phone. A lot of times I'll get, when I'm praying, I'll have my phone right next to me. You can have your eyes open. It's okay. And, uh, you know, and I'm, oh yeah, I need to pray for so-and-so. And I'm convinced, you know, the apostle Paul had a prayer list because you look at the list of names at the end of the book of Romans, Romans oh, yeah. 16, there's a whole gob of names. I think it's 28. I count them one time, 28 and some lady named Rufus's mom, you know, whoever she was. <laughs> yeah. Praying for all these people by name. Well, he didn't just come up with that out of the blue. I think, I think he had a little list somewhere on some parchment or something. I don't know what he wrote it on, but I'm just, you know, yeah. So having some methodology and having a little bit of, uh, yeah, without it becoming mechanical, you know, I don't think we're in danger of that. I think, in fact, we're in more danger of just not doing it. That's been my, my, uh, my struggle at times is just, no, I, I need to do this. And so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah, no, that that's good. You know, yeah. and I mean, even, you know, thinking about what you, you had just said, Chris, um, there's, there's a sense in which, you know, there is this rhythm in prayer is this sort of journey of um, consistently praying and, and having that time etched away, you know, kind of like what you said, when, when you wait, um, you, you kind of mark it in your calendar, I'm going to pray here or this day later down the road, you, you tend to not um, really be engaged in prayer. But when you are just in a routinely, uh, in a routine way, praying often, um, you tend to be more prayerful throughout your whole life and you hear God a lot more. 
Um, was there a point in your life where, you know, a light bulb went off um, for you on seeing prayer as kind of something that's important to your journey? Yeah, yeah, there's several points. Uh, I do remember, you know, puzzling over the text um, in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. I mean, it's just three words, but it's like, it's almost haunting. It's like, yeah. Because for most Christians, when we read that, it's like, oh, man, I'm terrible. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so far from that. It's ridiculous. You know, I can't even remember to pray when I go to McDonald's. You know, That's it's nice. like, uh, how can I how can I be like that? And so one day um, the whole idea of what that actually meant, that uh, was really helpful to me. It had much more to do with an adjustment of my thinking about prayer it's not that prayer itself changed in the conversation with God and the, you know, the things I just mentioned, you know, adoration and so forth, that that changed. But it was much more the idea of uh, coming into a constant awareness of the presence of the Lord, of moving myself in that direction where I am, I am trying to be more aware of his presence all the time instead of like going and coming from his presence or, um, you know, when we associate following Jesus with going to church exclusively, of course we go to church because there we get all kinds of help and so forth. But, but when that becomes the sum and substance of it, then it's like, that's a problem because we go to it. And then when we leave it, we leave it. And it's like, and so we don't go in and out of the presence of the Lord. We don't, we don't. And even when I'm praying, sometimes I'm thinking, I'll say something like, Lord, we come into your presence today, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, well, actually, you never left my presence. It's just that you just chose now to acknowledge it. Oh, man. Yeah. You just chose now to pay attention to the fact that I I am there. I never went anywhere. I understand what it means. Like there's sacred moments and things like that where we really focus on it. And that's great. Um, but it's the choice we make about um, acknowledging his presence on, you know, on a consistent basis uh, through the days and through the ordinary stuff of life uh, that I think makes a huge difference, um, huge difference. So that that was a big deal to me, that whole, I think I heard somebody say one time, we don't go in and out of the Holy of Holies, we literally live in the Holy of Holies. And I thought, what are you talking about? You know, it's <laughs> like, that's where the high priest got fried and they had to drive, drive <laughs> tied to his ankle. You know I mean? That's like, no, I, but the, the fact is, is that no, that is true. And second Corinthians five or second Corinthians three, I mean, the latter part of the chapter there where it talks about uh, one level of glory to another. That's really what that's talking about. We, we, uh, uh, you know, we're looking on his face uh, and he's transforming us from one level of glory to another. That's, that's the presence of the Lord activity uh, sanctifying our lives. So that piece of it, uh, coming to that realization was a big deal. And then honestly, Skylar, you know, another big deal for us was going through really hard times. Mm. Um, I mean, you kind of know some of our story about that. We lost a son in a car accident that he passed away at yeah. age 15, really difficult, difficult times. And crying out, literally crying out to the Lord and asking for comfort and help. Um, you know, it's in, it's in the difficult times of life that there's a, there's a grace that's available to you that's not available other times. Mm. 
And it's sort of like God takes a steel peg, you know, and drives it into the rock wall of your heart so you can scale the wall. I mean, it's something that's not going to move. And it it's, comes through the hammer blows, so to speak, of the difficulties. But I wouldn't trade that for anything because as hard as it was, it it made me choose, you know, okay, am I in or out? Am I, is this real or not? Is this, yeah, I say all this stuff, but what about it, you know? And without getting too weird on you, you know, I really think the Lord kind of met us at, at that point in some very real ways. And, and it became like, okay, we're, we're good, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. I think, yeah, a lot of people, it's like we want to avoid um, trials at all costs. And it's not like we seek them out, but they're going to come. They're going to, you know, they're going to come. They come to everybody. They don't just come to Christians. They come to everybody. And so it's in those moments when we make decisions about um, how we think about the father and how we think, is he good or the enemy's coming after, you know, and it's like, He's going to challenge you and he's going to want to make you afraid. And uh, yeah, so those were, those were solidifying moments in terms of a prayer life for us, uh, for Carol and I. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, when I think back to um, my own life, um, faith um, grew legs when I went through the most difficult seasons. And that's when um yeah, I guess you, um, in a way, you either sink or float. Um, and that's the time, kind of like when Peter got out on the boat and he started sinking. It's in those moments that you can make the decision. You either reach out to the hand of Jesus, which he'll catch you every single time. It may not look like what you want, but or you sink. And, you know, it's kind of like that with, you know, with prayer. It's when we choose to cry out to God, God really begins to... Um, you know, grow us and take care of us, you know, like the whole vine imagery in John. Yeah. Um, well, um, Chris, the reason I, I thought of you, um, Stephanie and I thought of you when it comes to the subject of prayer is because to us, uh, you are somebody who um, is, is um, probably one of the most genuine um, prayerful people that we have um, had the privilege of meeting. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, um, you know, you know, build you up too much or anything like that. But genuinely, our our impression from you um, is you you are a man of God who um, in genuine you don't pray because you want to get things from God. You pray because you genuinely enjoy God's presence. And I just thought, you know, being going traveling to over a hundred countries, being in the missions field, um, you know, uh, weathering this pandemic that we're going through prayer is something that is, is not on your radar. It is your radar uh, for how you navigate the season of life. Um, is there, um, you know, just, I, I guess on the subject of prayer, is there, you know, one or two ways that you have seen um, God working through prayer um, or, you know, answering prayer with other people, with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skylar. Um, oh yeah. There's been, a number of them um but uh um i you know i don't like dwell on those things not necessarily but i'm always grateful when the lord is kind enough to say hey that really was me there and uh um almost always those those occurrences happen in relationship to 
um, relationships themselves and uh, the Lord putting somebody in my path that I need to talk to or I should talk to or that I can encourage. Um, it's happened a, a number of times in relationship to mentoring where somebody I've been meeting with, um, something happened with um, a while, not long, too long ago with a, a student that I was meeting with um, who you probably know, but uh, his name's Ben, but he, uh, he and I met occasionally at Starbucks and we'd talk and pray together and things like that. And uh, one day um, he also led a life group like I do, you know, I lead a life group. And uh, one day he was, um, he and I were going to meet and the week before that, I'd taken my life group to the cemetery uh, over here, not far from Ozark, where my son's buried. Because I just took, I take my life group there every every so often, you know, not like every, <laughs> like, I don't even take all my life groups there. I just do it when I think of it. And I said, I'd say to him, you know, this is where my, my son's buried. My mom and dad are buried there. And, and I tell him a little bit about some of that story and talk with them. And, um, and then, uh, so I took my life group there, um, and then after we were done there, we went to McDonald's. And so the next uh, Monday, the, a few days later, I met with Ben, and I said, it's like I was get, coming to into Starbucks, and it's like the Lord pressed on me, you should take Ben to where you just went. Mm -hmm. So, okay. And I didn't even tell him. I said, hey, dude, get in the truck. We're going to go <laughs> go somewhere. He goes, gets in the truck, and we start driving off. You, you know where this is, even start driving off into Joplin and uh, on the way there, this is the craziest thing on the way there. He looks at me and he says, Hey, Chris, um, last Thursday, I took my life group to a cemetery over here, not far from here. And uh, I said, I, I said, you did. And he said, yeah. And he said, I said, why did you do that, Ben? And he said, I don't know. I've been reading Romans about the resurrection and things like that. And I was thinking about it. I thought it'd be good for them to go over and see it. Mm -hmm. I said, do you know anybody that's buried there? He goes, no, not really. And I said, well, actually you do. But but uh, um, I said, what time did you do that? And he said, oh, it was, uh, we did it in the first part of our life group. And so I said, Ben, that's where I'm taking you right now. Mm -hmm. I'm taking you to that very place. And he stopped and he said, what? And I said, yeah, I took my life group there too. What time did you go? And he told me, and I said, we took, we went there. Um, we, or he said he went there after they went to McDonald's. So they were there at the latter part of the life group hour. I was there at the first part. And then we both oh, wow. went to McDonald's, but at different times, the same McDonald's even. So our our paths crossed like that. And I said, Ben, um, you know, while we're still driving over there, I said, Ben, the Lord is here right now. What is he saying to you? <laughs> I hope that doesn't sound too mystical uh, or whatever. And he looked out the window and he looked back and he said, he's, he said, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing you'd hear from him. Um, so that's not exactly like an answer to prayer. Like I prayed for this and this happened, but it was more like uh, uh, the Lord making himself known. I mean, as like, I've had a bunch of things happen like that at different times, but they don't happen all the time. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes things happen and I, I know it's the Lord, but I'm trying to figure out what it means. You know, you ever had that happen? Like oh, yeah. this is you. 
uh, and you're definitely telling me something. What is it? I need to, I'm like a child. I want to be like a child, you know, and really listen uh, to the, the care the Lord's given us. The Lord given us lots of answers to prayer specific ones when we were on the mission field, especially, but he always, his, his, prayer, his answers to prayer for me and for us always tend to be when it's things that we already know that he wants done and that we're just simply trying to be involved in doing them. So, um, yeah, I prayed for, we prayed for people at College Heights as elders. We, we anoint them with oil, you know, when they ask for it, they're sick and uh, pray for them. And, and sometimes, like it says in James, the prayer of faith raises them up. Sometimes it doesn't, we don't know, but we're trying to be obedient. And uh, we had a guy with ALS, you know, that was, that got better, which you just don't do. But we've had other people, you know, went to be with the Lord and that's not a bad thing. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a rambly answer to your question. No, that's good, Chris. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Um, I don't want to take up uh, too much, uh, too much more of your time. Um, but I do want to ask, um, looking at this um, pandemic, um, you know, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. Um, what? what should we as Christians, as a church be praying for in this time? I think, you know, there's confusion about what in the world's going to come, but there's also confusion of what in the world should we as Christians be thinking and, and praying for. And, and so could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Skylar, the, I think the main thing like goes back, kind of circles back to what we said at the beginning is that we, that we need not be afraid. It doesn't mean we're not like concerned. It just means there's a difference between concern and being afraid. And uh, um, the the tendency to be afraid, you know, um, it's a test for us. It's also a test for us to have our eyes open and not be distracted. Um, there are multiple opportunities around right now to serve people, to be Jesus, uh, to show kindness, uh, to lead uh, in in ways that recognize um, actions of people that reflect the presence of the Lord. Um, it's an opportunity to you know to be generous. It's an opportunity to do to do many things. And uh, I think sometimes we lose those opportunities just because we don't realize they're here right now. Um, and they're here right now. Opportunities to show the kindness of Jesus to people and ask him. I, one thing I am convinced of Skylar is that if you will ask the Lord to show you stuff or to tell you stuff, I mean, again, I'm not trying to be weird about this, but (laughs) for instance, like, um, Lord, is there somebody I need to ask for forgiveness from? Oh man. Whenever I prayed that kind of quit praying that (laughs) because it's like, Oh, not that, you know, or, it's, it brings things to mind, but specifically here right now, Lord, what are the things that you'd have us to do as a community uh, where we can show your kindness, your love, your graciousness to other people and uh, in ways that bring you honor? Um, I think those are critical things that we we, we shouldn't miss because this is a, such an unusual time and everybody says that. Yeah. But unusual for what? For what purpose? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people um, talk about being good stewards of the season that maybe in this time, you know, as we're kind of stuck in our homes, God wants to work on our own heart and grow us right now. And as well as invite us 
you know, maybe the reason we don't have any clear answers um, to what do we do, what should we pray, um, is in part because God is inviting us yeah. uh, to have an intimate conversation with Him where we can wrestle with those confusing times and, you know, cast all of our anxiety and concerns to him and more than maybe having this, because we've never been in a situation like this, maybe rather than having this cookie cutter shape, it is more about having this journey with him. Um, and um, well, Chris, um, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for being willing to um, pop on Zoom and just have a, uh, a conversation with us about prayer. And uh, I know that your words and our conversation here will greatly benefit um, everybody who listens. So, um, mm-hmm. Chris, thanks again. And uh, um, God bless, you know, um, the ministry at, the, uh, at Ozark as well as um, College Press. Yeah, man. The Lord bless you, Skyler, and everybody there in Litchfield. I pray that the Lord will be uh, gracious to you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace, and uh, and that his name might be made known among the nations, too. So, Lord be with you, brother. Thanks, Chris. Yeah.